Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. And this week is our top five stop motion animations. So there's some sad news this week when the creator of one of my favourite stop motion animations from the 80s, a guy called Terry Brain, died. Uh, the yeah. creator of... The creator of... Trapdoor! <laughs> <laughs> did you used to watch it? I, I did, yeah. 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 But that was back in the day, like, because you're a couple of years older than I am, but that was back in the day when a TV show would be run continually, its episodes, for about five years on BBC, on CBBC. (laughs) So it's one of those classic 80s ones that was all voiced by the same guy. Really? I didn't know that. No way. Yeah, he did all the voices, a bit like uh, Mr. Ben was all one guy. Okay. Um, What other ones were all one person? Purely for uh, monetary purposes. You can get one guy to do the voiceover. Actually, I don't know why they used to do it. Maybe it's just to show off someone's range of Maybe. Acting. Possibly. It was like a lot of the, the animated stuff, like, um, you know, uh, Looney Tunes and all that kind of yeah. thing. It's four or five people that do yeah. all the voices for everything. Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices. Indeed. So I thought it'd be good to do our top five stop motion animations, because we haven't done that one yet. Yeah. Uh, and it's your turn to go first. My turn to go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I was trying to figure out where the yeah. guidelines were with this because <laughs> is it any film that's ever had stop motion animation in it or films that blend the two or is it films that are purely stop motion animation and because we had a bit of a discussion about this before we started recording yeah because I was saying technically something like Terminator could be on there yeah because at the end of Terminator when the Terminator machine is getting towards yeah. her that's stop motion animation or like Robocop or something like that Maybe even like the Lego movie, which is stop motion, but it's all CGI'd stop motion. Yeah, so, so that doesn't, doesn't count. Doesn't count. So all that in mind. <laughs> um, number five on my list, kicking it off, is Coraline. That's the only one I haven't seen that come out recently. It's excellent. Does she, she goes into another room and then something comes back and... Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, she kind of, there's like an alternate reality yeah. through the other side of a door that she goes through. Yeah, the kids have watched it. I've, I've caught bits of it and it looked good it's really good and i think i know i go on a lot but not like in tim burton and while he didn't direct this yeah it's bears so many of his hallmarks yeah it yeah. looks like a tim burton film um but the stories by neil gaiman who i absolutely love he's done loads of amazing books and graphic novels and yeah. all the rest of it um and it, the story's great and it's the perfect mix for me between when a kid's movie has a dark side but is also very charming at the same time yes and the animation is wonderful like it's use of color and lighting and all these other yeah movie aesthetics but in a stop motion world is fantastic so yep. yeah I, I can't believe you haven't seen that one i thought you no, would have it's the only one i've seen it. it's very good yep. i definitely recommend that um number four in the list is a bit of a left field one it's a film called alice from uh, late 80s I think it's like yeah. 88 or something like that by a Czech director called uh, Jan S- uh, Svankmeyer <laughs> sounds rude it's not but he was like this surrealist filmmaker so he's kind of like the European cinema equivalent of Salvador Dali right okay like just completely out there bonkers, yeah. bonkers and he did a lot of short films which are crazy <laughs> um, and, and this is kind of like absolutely no different um, it's it's amazing, like, I, but as well, like, I quite like things that are a little bit dark because yes. I mean, the story of Alice in Wonderland is a very familiar one to a lot of people, but this is quite um, just 
promise me if you do watch this and it's worth watching you don't watch it on drugs because <laughs> you will not want, try you'll not want to uh you'll not want to join the real world <laughs> if, if you watch this on drugs it's um it's pretty crazy but it's it's excellent as well um number three on the list is a film that i haven't seen for years but yeah. i had it on vhs when i was a kid and that I watched it almost every day right. for about a year. You know when you're a kid and yeah, you just yeah, want yeah. to watch the same movies over and yeah. over. But it's The Wind in the Willows. It's a great film. Stop motion from 82, yeah. Who does the voices in that one? I can't remember. I think I, I think at the time they were kind of like, you know, British character actors. But yeah. I, I don't think I could remember any of their names. But it's brilliant. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful adaptation of the book. It's very faithful to the book, the original source material. Um... And it's just, it's, it's brilliant. I just, it's kind of wacky. Like, you know, when you're a kid, sometimes you watch things just because they look good. Like you don't really know the story going on. So you yeah. don't get a lot of the adult things going on with yeah. what's happening with the, the woodland animals. Um, And I'm just like, wow, why is Badger being such a dickhead? <laughs> you know? But like, then you realize, no, Badger's trying to reel Mr. Toad in because yeah. he's being... Shame, acting shamefully you know um <laughs> so, it's my new car <laughs> poop, poop. <laughs> also as well when you're seven years old and someone says the word poop poop like that's it that I means that's the, that's you your entire world that. of humor at that point yeah. isn't it so, yeah um but it's very good as well if you've never seen it number two on the list is chicken run right yeah don't know if that's in yours or not it may be okay <laughs> <laughs> um because the thing is i i, I actually prefer if it's anything that the Ardman Studios have done, I much prefer the Wallace and Gromit shorts, yeah, which are fantastic. But um, in terms of their feature movies, and I'm only going by feature films, yeah, um, I actually prefer Chicken Run to Wallace and Gromit: Curse of the Weir Rabbit, ah, okay. which is fine. But I just yeah. think Chicken Run's a far superior movie. I was quite surprised when they did Chicken Run because I assumed it would just be a Wallace and Gromit film. Yeah, as their first, as their first full length feature. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's really good. It's also, Mel Gibson's amazing. Isn't uh, it? He's brilliant. I was just about to say, like, I think that's one of the charming aspects of it. Like, you've got all these actresses doing northern accents. <laughs> and then you've got the old chicken as well. Um, and then you've got Mel Gibson in amongst that. And yeah. it's just, it's it's brilliant. And it's so well done. And the story that's, oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely love chicken. Yeah. That's, that's a Christmas classic in our yeah. family. Definitely always on that time of year. And then number one on my list, Woo. Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> Even though we say this coming, <laughs> I'll let you have it because it is a good film. It's an amazing film, yeah, but can't. for me, it's you can't have a discussion about stop motion animation films no. without mentioning the legendary Ray Harryhausen, yeah, who is seminal to so many filmmakers growing up, like the you know the Lost World or any of these other amazing, amazing films that he did. But for me, this is a stop motion film because all the best bits in it, you know when the skeletons are coming out yeah. and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's that 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 makes the film. Pretty badass. These days before you had CGI, that was mm-hmm. the closest you had to CGI. And yeah. it looks phenomenally dated now. But, oh god yeah. <laughs> but it's I, I just I think they look incredible. It's the best they could have done at the time. hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my, I, I remember it's another one from my childhood and I remember it cause this is like the perfect film that used to always be on and probably still is on, you know, when it's like a bank holiday or like Easter weekend or something like that or Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, cause it takes up four hours of the schedule in the middle of the day. Cause yeah. all these films are like three hours long or whatever with breaks and stuff. Um, but I remember sitting down and watching it with my dad and I was just floored by it. Like, cause 
there were so many different elements to it. Yeah. And I suppose it's a bit bad to say, but I think because of the pacing, you could kind of dip in and out of it. So like when I, because I was a kid, I didn't have that long an attention span. So I go away and do something. And then I come back and then he's fighting, you know, like the the skeletons or something. I'd be like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) And and then it goes to a bit more of a talky bit and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then you come back later on and he's doing something else. It's absolutely amazing. Is it the same one that's got uh, Medusa in it? Or is that another one? With the snakes on her head? Oh, do you know, it's been so long since I've seen it. I, she might well have been. There's at least three, because there's another one where someone gets turned into a monkey. And, and there's also, it was not, I think Ray Harryhausen also did one that was Sinbad as well. And that's Sinbad, all, yeah. That's all kind of mixed up in yeah. my, my mind. Yeah, because they all stuff. look very similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's one like, with the Cyclops in it. I think that's Jason and the Argonauts. I can't remember. There's one, J- I think Jason and the Golden Jason. Fleece. Is that another one? So I remember that in the Golden be. Fleece, yeah. Crikey, I don't know. I mean, there were so many of yeah. them, those big studio <laughs> movies back in the day. But Jason and the Argonauts for me was like the one that I can always remember because of the, the skeleton fight in it. it was, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's very good. So that's, that's my top five. Good top five. My top five starts fairly similar. Okay. My, my top number five was The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Which is another one that you'd say, oh, that's Tim Burton, but he produced it. He didn't. I don't think he directed it. Mm-mm. Um. So the music's great because it's Danny Elfman doing all the music. Yeah. Danny Elfman sings the songs as well. Does he? Yeah. What's this? What's, What's this? this? There's something in the air. <laughs> um, it's a, the kids love it. Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing because I like Tim Burton's style. Um, and the idea of Jack Skellington taking over Christmas. So he's wearing yeah. like a really weird beard. Yeah. It's, it's the, the animation's amazing. It's quite old now as well. Like 96 or something. Yeah. I just remember, I never watched it as a kid. No. Um, so for a lot of my peers, that's like one of their classic Christmas films. Yeah. I've got to say, I watched it only as an adult and I didn't really enjoy it that much. I mean, yeah. it was fine. And it, of course, the animation is beautiful. Yeah. Like it looks amazing. But I, I just as a film, I, I was never that much of a fan. So yeah. that's why it wasn't on my list. Well, number four was Chicken Run. Which we've already discussed. Uh, number three for me was Paranorman. Oh, I haven't seen that. Ah, see, that's oh, I've been saying that. Similar line on along the lines of Caroline. Coraline. Coraline. Um, though I think this is the first stop motion animation film where they use three D printing to make the characters' faces. Oh, right. So okay. when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was CG. Right. Because the facial animation was so much more advanced than anything you see before yeah because they could pr- they could print each frame okay right. so they okay. could do really big um changes in faces where normally it would just be um actually you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna change chicken run number four to pirates an adventure with scientists okay because i've only just remembered about that film have you seen that <laughs> no Oh God, it's so good. Is that an Ardman one? It's as an well? Ardman one as okay. well. No, I haven't seen. I've that. literally just remembered about it. It's such a fun film. Okay, it's got you. Oh, you just got to watch it. Yeah, it's got Hugh Grant is the main guy. Okay, he's amazing in it. Um, they've got um, what's her name from The Office? The Scottish girl or from Extras? Oh, Ashley Jensen. Yeah, she she plays a surprisingly curvaceous pirate. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got a fake beard. Amazing. Um, yeah, none of them have names. Okay. So there's the pirate captain, there's peg leg, uh, the pirate of the peg leg, you know, okay. all those sort of names. Lenny Henry's in it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Brian Blessed is the king pirate. He had to be. That's the perfect <laughs> choice for it. Um, who else is it? And David Tennant is Charles Darwin. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 
It's it's an awesome film. I'll need to check that out because I do love the stuff that Ardman yeah. puts out. I mean, most of the stuff that they've done, just going back to what we were talking about, Wallace and Gromit, is amazing. Yeah. But then, like, even Creature Comforts is fantastic. Like, yeah. so funny. Um, but just when you're talking about pirate names there, I remember for a little while, um, we all tried to use names that were from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Right. Because, you know, have you seen the SpongeBob SquarePants movie? Which one? Because there's a couple. The first one. No. So the start of it basically is a whole bunch of pirates trying to get to the cinema to see the movie. <laughs> right. And then in the end credits, it lists all the pirates, <laughs> even though none of them are called by their name. Yeah. So we all just took a different name. So my name was Stovepipe the Pirate, <laughs> which just sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, definitely watch Pirates. Okay. It is, it is perfect. Okay. It's really, really good. Uh, so yeah, Paranormal was number three. Yeah. Um, number two. Mm-hmm. Now this film... This film almost was number one, mm. but it's not as fun as number one. Right. So number two has everything that I like. Great writer, great director, great voiceover artists. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's a good movie. Yep. I think the reason I left it off is purely because yep. I thought you'd put it on because I know you're a, ma- <laughs> you're a massive Wes Anderson fan. Yeah. Um, but the thing, like, it looks... It's one of those ones where, when it was announced that Wes Anderson was doing Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. and it was going to be stop motion, I was just like, that sounds odd. Like, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. And then you see it, and you're like, of course it works. Like, it's the yep. perfect style to do the, the Wes Anderson thing, you know, with, like, yep. the flat frames and everything beautifully positioned. And, yeah. um, and the animation's great. Like, you know the little scenes even when they're outside... And the wind ruffles the hairs of the yeah. fox's face. It's like, it's just beautiful. And the the only thing I would say is that, and this goes for pretty much all the great Roald Dahl adaptations, I much prefer it when they're British. Just because in my mind, like, they're always British true. things. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that the cast is amazing as it is, they're all American, it just didn't Well, feel... the bad guys are English. Of course, so yeah, Michael Gambon, yeah, <laughs> Slugworth, and what, whatever. I, was, I just, I just, because to me, the story of Fantastic Mr. Fox, because it's such a British thing, like I can't farmers and foxes it. and the countryside, and I don't know. Yeah. I just that that was the only thing that let it down for me. But it is, it's a fantastic film. Yep. So at number one, mm. it's Curse of the Were Rabbit. Okay, because it's just great. It and, is great. And Ray yeah. Fiennes is amazing in it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I I can't I just there was something about Curse of the Wear Rabbit that I didn't enjoy as much as any of the other Ardman things. Yeah. I can't quite place my finger on it. I mean, it looks great, and I, I remember because back in the day, uh, Mark Commode is a is a mm. massive fan of that film, and he talks about it in in terms of cinema, so like the lighting and yeah. the everything else that it does. So, I mean, it looks great, but just in terms of the story, it was a little bit weak for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. film. It's my list. I'll get up what I like. <laughs> True. So, so there's our top five stop motion animations. Mm. So let's move on to movie news. I suppose the biggest story um, that was in the news recently, and it's not technically film related, yeah. but it's following on this theme of celebrity death that's been going on this year. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, Ronnie Corbett passed away. Yes. Which is tremendously sad because I, I like I said I know he's not massively thought of in in, in a film aspect no. much more TV yeah but um he's he's a legend of British comedy and 
a lot of the classic in inverted commas British comedy yeah um I'm not a huge fan of so you know stuff like Are You Being Served or A Low A Low or Last of the Summer Wine Get Out or Dad's Army or, Get Out <laughs> or even like Markham and Wise like I'm just it seems very dated to me and I just I don't think it's that funny but the two Ronnies I always yeah. absolutely loved as soon as I first started to get you know when you're like kind of like 12, 13 years old and you start to get adult humour and you get a little bit of the jokes that are in stuff and you don't have yeah. to ask people, oh, why is that funny? And that was one of the first things because I, I had a cassette. I can't remember where I got it from, but I had a cassette which was like the best of the two Ronnies. Yeah. And I was just fascinated how clever it was, a lot of the sketches, because their comedy was very literal. So, you know... Some of the sketches, the famous ones, like the Ministry for Piss Pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just, it's so clever. And like how the, the two of them, Ronnie Corbett and Ronnie Barker, remembered all of these lines and, yeah. and did things. One of my favorite ones, it's not actually a Ronnie Corbett sketch, but Ronnie Barker, where he does a bar order. Yeah. And it's a massive drinks order. Um, but every time he tries to say it, he orders a gin and tonic. <laughs> so he gets progressively more drunk as the sketch goes on. Um and he keeps mixing up the things. Yeah. So by the end of it, his final, and he gives about four orders, which are all entirely different and all sound stupid. But he starts off with the proper round of drinks and ends up by going, he goes, and then just forget all previous orders. Just give me a sack of Coke, a large lemon, a pair of pink boobs, uh, uh, an enormous rock uh, uh, and a large bear lady in the house. And then the, the gag is that the barman actually gives him all of the stupid things at the end of it. But I, um, their their stuff was was just incredible. So many great sketches and their comedy timing, I think, as well. And um, it, he was Scottish as well. From Edinburgh, I think he was born in Arbroath, but he grew up on the the, the east coast anyway. But um, he, I, I just he's one of those people that was always really cool because he totally his size, I think, was a lot of mm. of it as well. Like, that was part of the joke, and to play up to that yeah. as well. And he was great, was great in extras. He was so good in extras. <laughs> like, snorting lines yep. in, in the toilet. It's like, oh, it's Corbett. It's always fucking Corbett. <laughs> um, but, and he was up for everything. And yep. I, I, I also, because I was watching Graham Norton at the weekend, and they mentioned it. Um, but the whole reason, you know, the red chair that they've got the end of Graham Norton, mm. that was inspired by Ronnie Corbett's uh, um, chair monologues yeah, from the two yeah. Ronnies and stuff. So, um, yeah, very sad to see him go. He mm -hmm. was yeah, a legend of British comedy. So, yeah. And he was in Casino Royale. He was, which uh, I, I couldn't remember. No. <laughs> it came up in a lot of the clips that were on, you know, the obituaries and the news and yeah. stuff like that. But Very weird. Yeah. Um, uh, the only other bit of movie news I've really got was because uh, I've been rinsing game of thrones <laughs> over the last like month or so yeah so i've got three episodes to watch until i'm all caught up wow before the start of the new season i've only six. watched three episodes it's so good <laughs> oh but um one of the actors in that uh christopher huju who's nordic he signed up to be one of the villains in the forthcoming fast and the furious movie which is fast and furious 16 is it eight <laughs> Uh, don't knock it. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I've um, got them all at home lined up ready to watch. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> but that's also following on from rumours. I don't think they're confirmed yet that Charlize Theron's also going to be. I'm definitely watching that. <laughs> definitely watching seriously, that. Which would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but Christopher Hughes is awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Nice. Uh, Blade Runners nearly started production. Is it? Is that are they actually going ahead with that? Yeah. I thought you liked Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner, but why are they? Why? Indiana why? Jones Five as well. Why? <laughs> right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, one other bit of news this week is the release of the Star Wars Force Awakens Blu-ray. Yes, uh, I've seen the extras. I haven't seen them yet. I, it's only genuinely the first time in about eight years I've contemplated buying the DVD of something yes. or the well the Blu-ray. Yeah. Now that I have a Blu-ray player. Yeah. So uh, I I think I will probably do that. I watched the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. They definitely worth weren't worth putting in. Really? Yeah. I've seen. I know that there's. Is there like a like a snow land cruiser or something? Yeah. like that? They're in at one point. The completely point is I don't even remember that part of the film. Okay. Um, and there's a bit where Kylo Ren goes on to the Millennium Falcon, which everyone was going on about. All right. He go he, when the after the Millennium Falcon's crashed. Right. Uh, and then he goes on and goes, Han Solo. Like, he realises that Han Solo's here. Right, okay. But he already does that earlier on in the film. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the original script, it must have had him realising that Han Solo was there, but they've changed it in the edit, so he's done a Darth Vader. Because right. when Obi-Wan goes onto the Death Star, Vader goes, something I haven't felt since. Yeah, so they just made him do that. Cool. Uh, some interesting things in the making of documentary. Oh, yeah? About uh, Poe Dameron was supposed to die. Oh, really? And not come back. But okay. the actor, I can't remember his name. Oscar Isaac. He said, I've died in the start of so many films that I said, please, can I not die? <laughs> really? And that's yeah. what they changed it. So they, they changed I'm, it. I'm glad back. they did, because Poe Dameron, I didn't think I'd like it, his character, but I really did. I thought he was great. Yeah. So uh, you'll enjoy the... Uh, the extras. The extras. Nice. When you buy the disc. And speaking of... Star Wars. Yes. Should we move on to trailer Moving watch? on to trailers. Uh, uh, nice little segue there. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Rogue One's trailers dropped this afternoon. It looks weird, doesn't it? I think it looks good. It looks like... It looks like they've they've uh, dark knighted it. Kind of. I think because Rogue One's set around the original trilogy, right? Or before it? It's before. It's them getting the plans for the Death Star. Right, okay. Yeah. I think it looks really good. I think the cast in it is really good. So you've got Felicity Jones, who's Oscar nominated. Yeah. Um, and I, I love halfway through because I was just like, I knew that she was in it, but I didn't know who else most of the cast were. Uh, and then it gets to a bit in the middle of the trailer where like the kind of Prometheus klaxon goes on like, what? <laughs> yeah. what? Like all these, and but all these amazing shots and then all these actors start appearing and I'm just like, Ben Mendelsohn's in it, no way. Forrest Whitaker's in it, no way. Donnie Yen's in it, incredible. Yeah. And then you get Forrest Whitaker doing this kind of like Maz Kanata type style, like, what will you become kind yep. of thing. Like, uh, I, I think it looks good. I like that they didn't give too much away mm-hmm. of what they're doing. She has a couple of weird lines in it, like, I'm a rebel or something like that. I was yeah. just like, eh, it's a bit weak. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Darth Vader's going to be in it. Is he? Why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. So, uh, will they get James Earl Jones back? Why not? He's still alive, so they might as yeah. well. Yeah. He's but, been do- he did some of the Rogue One, no, Rogue, I can't remember what the animated series is called. Clone Wars. The one after that, he did the voice of Darth Vader in it. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen so that. So, he has done some stuff, so. Nice. It would be nice to see that. Um, so, when's that film coming out? 
I think it's Christmas time, right? Christmas time. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Looking forward to that. What other trailers have you seen? Well, one of the ones that also just, I think it just came out today or yesterday, was the trailer for David Brent, Life on the Road. Yeah. Mm. It's not 2006 anymore, is it? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, what I loved about The Office and a lot of other seminal British comedies is they always knew when to stop. Yeah. So things like Faulty Towers or The Office or Alan Partridge or any of these things, they always did six or seven episodes, maybe like two seasons, and then that was it. Yeah. Maybe like a Christmas special or whatever. But with this, I don't know. I, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't really want to know what happened to David Brent after The Office finished. So it kind of leaves you to figure out what happened to him in your own head. I Just to see him back doing this, I mean, it kind of, to me, it just smacks of Ricky Gervais's career, kind of after extras, when he started to do little bit parts in movies, like Stardust and stuff, which is mm. great because he's just playing Ricky Gervais. But then he started to make his own movies and he's not a good leading man in a movie and they've always been pretty crap. Yeah. You know, like Ghost Town or, oh, they're just they're just not very good. And then he came back to do what, was his bread and butter, which is TV comedy with yeah. Life's Too Short and Derek. But both of those, again, I'm just not... I like Life's Too Short. But... He's not in it. But it's the, it's the same formula yeah. as extras. Just not as as good. Yeah. And Derek as well. I just... It was too... It was a bit too patronising. I just didn't... It didn't quite yeah. sit right. And it just seems... He's just like, well, I'm just going to go back to do a character that everybody knows so well. But I remember even, because a couple of years ago he did some stuff for Comic Relief. Yeah. Even then I was just like, ah, oh, it just doesn't sit right. Like it's, I don't know, it just seems a bit desperate. It's, it's not or... Alan Partridge, because you can put Alan Partridge in another situation and it'll be interesting because just the, the way his character works. Yeah. It doesn't really work with David. Because David Brent, essentially in that universe, he's just someone who was on a reality TV show. Yeah. He's not a radio presenter or TV presenter. Exactly. That it's, could be put genuinely in proper si- different situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it d- just doesn't quite work for me. I'll probably still go and see it because I do, I, I mean, I love The Office. It's yeah. watched one of my favourite TV shows of all time, but I don't know, this looks... Uh. Mm. Well, one film you definitely won't want to go and watch, Bridget Jones' Baby. Uh, no. Bridget Jones <laughs> 3, the trailer for that came out. Okay. It just looks like another Bridget Jones film. I, I, I've got, because the thing is, right, I, I don't like knocking films just purely for the sake of like whatever reason like I'm a bloke so I'm not supposed to like Bridget Jones mm. film because a lot of these other ones I just don't get that like the first one's good no I, I hate the first Did one <laughs> but it's I think it's it's so like the, I don't know the first one it's incredibly twee and just it's like all the worst bits of a Richard Curtis movie ah. with none of the the good stuff to make it palatable yeah because i quite like richard curtis movies it's just it it, i don't know i just and it i don't think i've even seen edge of reason that was the second one right i just i've got no interest in it and but i i I don't want to knock it because it's just it's not my bag and whatever i mean it's she's a very important person to a lot of people (laughs) especially in the uk so i don't want to knock it it's the same with like a lot of the you know the teen fiction adaptations like hunger games or twilight or whatever it's just or even harry potter to an extent as well i'm just it's not my not my bag. It's not my so, bag, baby. That's it. All right. Any other trailers you've seen? No, although I haven't seen it, but I know that the Lego 
Batman trailer yes. came out recently. So is that... Is That's that good, yeah. It's, it's like a teaser. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's well worth it because you love Batman. 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 First time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, have you seen the sketch that came out around about just before it um, won't come on to in a little minute um, <laughs> Batman versus Superman yeah. when they were doing all the press stuff for it but it was I think it was on the Jimmy Kimmel show yeah and uh, it's the scene from Batman versus Superman where they meet each other at I Lex can't Lex believe they party. did that and then managed to get all three of them to do I it I know um, and then Will Arnett turns yep. up <laughs> I'm the best Batman <laughs> it's like nobody cares you're not Batman <laughs> try telling that to your kids <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant <laughs> so good Oh dear. So shall we move on to movies we've actually seen? Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, so I saw Due Date. Remind me what that is. It sounds familiar. It's, is it Robert Downey Jr.? It's Hangover with Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking, eh. It's actually all right. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I laughed a few times. Yeah. Gaffinakis is um, quite good in it. It's kind of just like... like a modern day updating of planes, trains and automobiles. Yeah. It's like someone traveling somewhere, they get a cookie travel companion. Yeah. Who's a bit of an arse. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. It's very throwaway. Yeah. But I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was surprisingly good. Because I thought it would just be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. A glowing recommendation from Queen. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's, it, it, the very most it's a Friday night movie if, yeah. you, if you're struggling for something to watch. It's got a couple of laughs in it. It's... I think I did actually watch it on a Friday night. There you go. There you go. I also saw Fury. Oh, it's a tremendous film. It's really, it's not. It's not as good as Saving Private Ryan. It's not, but I think it's the best war film since Saving Private Ryan. I can't think of any decent war films at all since Saving Private Ryan. There've been a couple that have come out, but I just, I, I, it, for me, like honestly, it's. I thought it would be boring as a movie about tanks. Yeah, but it's good. It's really good. It's great. It's I, I, and there's a couple of scenes that I think the acting's incredible, and there's a couple of scenes in it. So this, you know, the scene when they're in the isn't spoilers, but there's a scene where they they're in like a French town. Yeah, and they kind of all have dinner around the table. Yeah, the pretty, acting in that yeah. scene, honestly, it because it's so tense and it throws you right into the mindset of someone who's in the midst of the most horrific thing that's probably ever happened in the history of mankind. Yeah, the Second World War and and the the tension that brings and the, it, I mean, it's ripping these guys apart while they're in there. You're never quite sure which way Brad Pitt was going to go either. I think that was, that was to his, to his credit yeah, his, yeah. Uh, in, in his character and the acting. I just, it's a fantastic movie. Fury's absolutely brilliant and so underrated. Yeah. I couldn't believe it didn't get more accolades, you know, at the, the Oscars and stuff like that. It's yeah. a fantastic film. Very good. Um, two other films quickly that I, I, I've seen recently. Uh, one was Macbeth. The Michael Fassbender what? adaptation of it. Um, so this is from, was it last? I think it was last year it came out. Um, but it was a, it's an adaptation of the William Shakespeare play Macbeth, mm. known as a Scottish play. <laughs> um, and it's got it's got an amazing cast. It's got like Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard's in it, um, Paddy Considine, Sean Harris, who was the bad guy in Rogue Nation, Mission yep. Impossible Rogue Nation. Um, and it's... Um, Looks beautiful. I mean, it's beautifully shot. Who and everything. directed it? I can't remember. Um, but I mean, it looks amazing. But quite honestly, I did not have a clue what was going on because it's all. <laughs> do they do Shakespeare language? Yeah, so it's Shakespeare language, which in and of itself, I don't actually have a problem with. So I went to the Globe, not last summer, but the year before last, 
um, to see Julius Caesar. Yeah. And obviously they perform it in full Shakespeare, so it's it's all these and those and everything like yeah. that. But there's something about the context of seeing it live that you, you get as a play, yeah. which actually means that you kind of transit. It takes a little bit to get into it, but even if you don't know what they're saying for some words or whatever, um, you get the whole context of what's going on. Yeah. But with Macbeth, because I'd never actually read the play in school, um, so I didn't really know the the story of it. I knew, I knew the basic structure, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of it. And also, a lot of the time they're speaking like this, <laughs> you know, in whispers and stuff, and it's very hard to hear. So it, it's just, it's very difficult to hear what they're right. actually saying, which muddles the few words that you can understand. Right. Um, thankfully, I was watching it with my mate Tom, who's an actor and has done quite a number of Shakespeare plays. And... Um, did he laugh at the funny bit (laughs) there are no funny bits in Macbeth absolutely none it's like a nightmare the whole film Um, but yeah he was explaining the film in each scene as it passed as it went on so Um, you you were that annoying guy what's going on here don't know what's going on basically well what I was trying to say was did this just happen and he'd be like well yeah kind of and then explain it and um, and he was also explaining the differences between the play and the film because obviously Ah. there there have to be differences in the 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 adaptation of it um in terms of performances though like you can still tell that people are really bringing it home yeah so fastbender's good i mean he's always good he's a good yeah. leading man marion cotillard is great but the two best performances in it are paddy considine who's like Macbeth's mate then he's not <laughs> um don't want to give too much else away but he's he's phenomenal in it but even better than that is Sean Harris. Yeah. Um, who's he's got one scene when they find that the king is murdered and he just kind of goes psycho in the rest of the camp. But it's like you know when sometimes actors do stuff and you're just like, that, you know, that furniture has children. Just calm down, <laughs> stop chewing it. Um but this was like like no holds barred, just like it's incredible, absolutely amazing. So if if you know the story of Macbeth, I would totally recommend it because it's a really good adaptation. But yeah. if it's, I mean, it's a hard watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's good, but um, Not the one. a bit niche. Niche. Um, but another film that I just saw at the cinema before we got into the big film that we've both seen at the cinema was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yep. Are we going to try and do this without spoilers? I think so. This is this I is un- this is unprecedented in Movie Digest history where we've actually seen two films that are actually out of the cinema. I I, I nearly fainted when yep. you texted me <laughs> saying I've seen Batman versus Superman. I'm going to see Ten Cloverfield Lane. I was like, yep. Who are you? I don't know you anymore. <laughs> um, check us out, like an yep. actual movie podcast reviewing films that are in the cinema. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, let's try and do this one without spoilers, okay. and then we'll go on to the spoilerific section. Okay. Um, so, what do you think of it? I loved it. Same here. Good. Thought it was great. Um, John Goodman's amazing in it. The whole cast are brilliant. I mean, John Goodman particularly because he's really creepy, but you still you can't quite read him. Yeah, you're like, is he is he just a damaged guy or is is he a bit creepy yeah. or? And I, and that's what I loved about it. Like you you couldn't really read where the story was going to go. I was quite surprised because like there's a lot of layers in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, trying to do it without spoilers, but towards the end, when she... Because a lot of stuff that's in the trailer happens early on. Which is the way it should be with trailers. Enough of the story at the start to hook you in, to bring you into the cinema, and then they tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... It's quite claustrophobic. Um, You don't know what's going on. 
I thought as well, like, because basically for a lot of the film, it's essentially a stage play. I mean, yes. one one small yeah. set. And for me, when you do that, and I like seeing that, it rests on the performance of your cast. Yeah. And I thought the whole cast were brilliant. So obviously John Goodman's great. The guy that was playing Emmett, I think was his name. Yeah. I, couldn't, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he was great yeah. in that role as well. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I was just like, it's so great to see an actress in one of these films where... Um, I think that kind of film traditionally, so she wakes up in a strange room and all this kind of thing. Yeah, they're very screamy and they they just do stupid things. Where from the off, you can see that she's an immensely resourceful yeah. person. There were two or three scenes very near the beginning of the film where she's immediately trying to think on her feet doing stuff, and I I just I yeah. loved seeing that. Kind of reminded me of Ray from Star Wars a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not how the force works. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was great. I think um, one caveat I would have, and this is not to give away a spoiler, but towards the end of the movie, I thought you saw a little bit too much. Mm. And that's all I'm going to say. I just, I, I would have preferred, I think it could have been shortened that drastically. The, la- the last kind of maybe like 20 minutes of it, 15 yeah. minutes of it. Yeah. Um. I was still going. Oh my god! Oh I, my well, god. I was on the edge of my seat the when, whole when time. She had, when the car door was open, I was like, oh "No, don't leave that open!" Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's. But I think it's one of those films where you can't you can't quite tell what's going to go on. But I think with the way it was advertised and stuff, I think a lot of people could probably wash over it. But I think even I mean, this is only April. Yeah, just turned. But I think this will probably be in my thoughts for best films of the year. It wasn't actually in the cinema for that long because I saw it on Sunday night and that's the last time I could see it locally. Really? Yeah, so maybe two weeks in the cinema. I, I don't think it'll do a huge amount of business at the no. box office, which is a shame because it's excellent. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it's just been too low key. Yeah, I think so. Um, but if it, if it's one of those things, that if it's still in the cinema just now and you're dithering, well, should I see it or should I not? Yeah. It's 100% worth it. Definitely. Worth seeing. It's, it's excellent. It really yeah. is. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Did you, you say that you've created a... I will, I will have created one and you will have just heard it. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to know our thoughts and feelings about Batman versus Superman, then stop now. Go about your lady lives. Go and watch Batman and then come back to this point and uh, see if you agree with what we're going to talk about. So if you're still here, Finn... What did you think of Batman versus Superman? I've been waiting a week for this. You have? Yeah. Um, and I've not given you nope. any hint either way. <laughs> He's been such a tease. <laughs> oh, you flirt. <laughs> um, I liked it. I really did. See, well, I thought it was awful, but I liked it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much wrong with the film. Okay. But I still liked it. Shall we start with what we enjoyed about it, first of all? Yes. And then we can go on to the things that kind of irked us or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think one of the reasons that I did enjoy it so much was because I had such low expectations. <laughs> so I, I okay. couldn't see it until about a week after it had come out. Yeah. So by that point, I'd read... I mean, quite, I'd already seen it by the time you'd seen it. Yeah, I know. When does that happen? Never. Never. Um. 
so I'd read a lot of reviews and ah, see, I just kept away kind. from any. I kept well, away from everything. Not anything spoiler, but just especially you know like Empire of the Guardian, just a little blurb at the bottom of the top where it yeah. says blah 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 three stars or two right. stars or whatever. But I am, um, I think because I had such low expectations, it, it it kind of it exceeded those low expectations. So yeah. I, I really did enjoy it, and also I went to see it in. Um, in 3D. Okay. But also in a cinema that does D-Box. What's D-Box? So they, I think they only do it in the O2. Is that why you get a glass world. of beer? Oh man, I'd love that. <laughs> no, no beer. Um, D-Box is... <laughs> it's it's basically your chair is a hydraulic chair. Right. <laughs> and every single movement of the film is programmed to move the chair moves with the film right. so like if there's a punch your yeah. chair vibrates okay and like when you're in you know like um a, a car or something that goes around a corner you, it starts tilting to the left a uh, little bit okay. and on a bit of a camber and that completely enhanced my experience i think of the whole thing i mean it, that was brilliant <laughs> okay seeing it in d-box um and yeah 3d not so much but um yeah i i so i think that's for me but actual pros of the movie, yeah. the best one for me was Batfleck. Like, brilliant. Ben Affleck is brilliant <laughs> in this. Such good casting. I, yep. I, I remember seeing to you back when he was cast. I think I said, I think it is very astute casting because I think for the Batman they want to have, which is yep. a world-weary, older Batman, I just thought he was great casting for that. Jeremy Irons? <sighs> yeah. Not so much for me. <laughs> He's very underutilised. He was I, my my problem with with him was because I think he's a phenomenal actor. Mm. I just don't think he's Alfred. He's you could just, have you could have cut him out of the film and it would have made any difference to the film. He had one or two lines which are good because I mean it's dark. Yeah. So it needs some some moments of joy. <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for the few seconds that they're in there. So I a couple of his lines are quite quite good, but I just. It, I don't know. It just he's not Alfred, and I I can't quite articulate this properly because I've spoken to three or four people about it. But he's just not Alfred, and not that to say that you want it to be Michael Caine every time, like that type of person. But yeah. I just Alfred needs to be much softer. I think maybe the whole thing is because you know his uh, the Batman is much older and and wearied. Maybe Alfred's like that as well. Yeah. But I just. I just didn't get the sense of that they were, it was like this kind of like weird, you know, the kind of like mentor, father, yeah, Batman family friend, a cup of tea uncle point, type thing. Yeah, I just... I anyway, we're sticking with the positive. We're sticking, sticking with, with the positive. positive. Well, you brought that up. Right. I just, yeah. I just wanted to answer that was That was going to be in my, my, my negative <laughs> section. Um, the rest of the cast I thought were really good. Yep. Um, so I, I, Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman I thought yep. was great and it was really nice to see the little nods to the, f- the forthcoming uh, Justice League members so yep. like the Flash yep. who's Ezra Miller which I think is brilliant casting and you've got Jason Momoa who's playing Aquaman and yeah and all those are good a lot of people have been having problems with Jesse Eisenberg's performance yes w- what did you make of it we'll, we'll save that for the bad bit well because I, <laughs> I actually I, I, I thought it was an interesting interpretation of Lex Luthor and mm. I can see why people had problems with it, but I, I quite enjoyed his performance. I mean, I mean the, he's the little like kind of facial tics and stuff like that. I just, 
I think it, what it was fine what he was doing, but it was the stuff that they were stuff that was happening. How do I? Well, basically, they just it, it was too easy for Lex Luthor mm. in the film. Like when he said, "I want access to that ship and I want access to Zod's body." Yeah, okay, fine. It's like that wouldn't happen in real life. Yeah, you'd have to go through a lot of hoops or threaten someone with something. But they just went, "Yeah, okay, it's fine." Yeah. So I found that a bit annoying. Okay. Okay, staying in the positives. <laughs> yep, staying with the positives. Um, I. I get and this is actually something I thought was decent, but a lot of people have had a problem with. So you know the the whole scene where they're fighting each other. Yeah. And then it gets to the bit where Batman's, you know, got the the <laughs> spear of Krypton and kind yeah. of cuts Superman's face and um he's like and um, but then Superman says, You're killing Martha. Yeah. And he's like, Why did you say that name? Um I actually, I, I thought that, because it's never clicked in my mind that Batman and Superman both have, their mothers both have the same name. Did you not think that was the worst reason in the world for Batman to go, oh, no, I really like Superman now because my mum's got the same name. It's it's not for that reason. It's because Batman thinks that Superman's saying it because, because he understands his, what he went through as a kid, which he can't possibly, that, that's where the juxtaposition lies. Right. Obviously, Superman's saying it for his mum. And then Batman's like, well, we're both we're both fighting for the same reason here. We're both fighting for the people that we love, or to right a wrong, or something like that. I for me, it wasn't it wasn't a sticking point, but I think it was for a mm. lot of people. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I thought we were trying to stay positive. We are, and, <laughs> but off the back of that as well, I loved the whole scene towards the end. So once Batman goes to um, uh, rescue Martha, yeah. Ken, I I I loved that scene. Like I thought that was brilliant. Like the, I know we'd seen quite a lot of it in the in the trailer. Yeah, because I was wondering where this where is this bit going to come from. Yeah, but um, I I just thought that was great. And yeah. like when he's taking names of the bad guys, like breaking their backs across boxes and stuff, yeah. it's just like this is great. Yeah. And then he he ends up saving. Her. He's like, I'm a friend of your son, <laughs> which seems weird because about three seconds before he was ready to kill yeah. him. She's like, oh, I figured with a cape. I thought that was a great little line. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's, what were the other things that you enjoyed about it? Um, Lois Lane. <laughs> okay. Getting in the bath. I enjoyed that bit. That scene seemed so redundant to me. I'm, why did she have to be in the bath? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed gratuitous for the sake of having it in. some sort of light in the film. <laughs> what True. I did like was at the start of the film, uh, Superman and Lois Lane were together. And she knew about his secret identity. They just skipped all the, oh, oh, really, Clark Kent, you're Superman? Well, she knew. Uh, did she know at the end of the last one? Well, she knew in the middle of Man of Steel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> um, Moving on. <laughs> but just talking about the beginning, though, I, I wasn't a massive fan that they opened on the death of the Waynes again. Like, oh, how many times have we seen this in, in films? Um, and the whole weird falling down the hole a la Batman begins. Yeah. Like they just completely ripped that off that. But what I did love in the whole opening section was seeing the Superman v Zod fight from Man of Steel, but from Batman's perspective. Yeah, that was I good. loved that whole opening scene. I thought that was such a great scene. Yeah. And that's really where you start to get to see, you know, Batfleck doing his thing. And I, I thought I there were so many good scenes in this as well. I thought... The, the fight at the end where they're all fighting together to try and kill off Doomsday. Yeah. I, I thought that was great. Um, I did find the the scene where they all, they're all kind of at, um, you know, the James Bond type party at Lex's 
fundraiser yeah. or whatever it is that they've got. Um, again, you see most of it in the trailer, but um, I, I, I quite like the way that they all kind of started to interact with each other there. And, um, you know, Batman says like, oh, I've known a few women like you. And she's like, you've never known a woman <laughs> like me. And that was really cool to get the little introductions to them there. Um, but yeah, I, I, the whole thing was fun. Like, and, and I was thinking about it for like a good two days afterwards, which <laughs> yeah. I think is the mark of like something. And also as well, I think just overall, before we get into the, the kind of negatives of it, overall, I find it so much more tolerable. I don't know if it's just because I'm biased because I'm more of a DC fan, but it's way more tolerable than the Avengers was, Avengers 2. And the vast majority of the Marvel films, especially the standalones like Captain, Captain America 2, Thor, Thor 2, Iron Man 3, all that kind of thing. They're just, this was so much more interesting. Yeah, but you're a DC fan. I am a DC fan. And I'm but, a Marvel boy. Well, I don't know. I think probably that goes a long way, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, shall we go on to some of the things that maybe weren't so great about it? Yes. So Batman killing people. Yep. And Superman. He's and a bit where he flies the guy through the wall. I'm like, what? Why don't you just fly over and grab his neck or something you yeah, need to so kill him Batman doesn't kill people that, no and he doesn't brand them no and just like well that's weird why have they gone down that route um there's one scene where it opens up it's morning at Bruce Wayne's house and there's a woman in his bed yeah and then she completely disappears yeah they don't mention her they don't like, what why is she there that's weird um, and then Alfred turns up and there's like all those empty wine bottles and stuff. And yeah. like And then Bruce Wayne makes him a cup of tea. Yeah. That, that was weird. Um Also Batman uses guns. That's that's like Batman Lore one oh one. He doesn't use guns because that's what killed his parents. Yeah, he used a gun in um Dark Knight. Like a pulse weapon type gun. Uh, well that's that's so, electromagnetic pulse yeah. fire. That's that's not a gun. That's to slow the enemies down. It doesn't kill anyone. What I think they should have had a standalone Batman film before they did this one. Quite possibly. And then they can could have got got rid of all the setup because we've seen Bruce Wayne's childhood ruined a yeah. hundred times before. Um, they kept it quite short, which is good. Um, what else didn't I like? Oh, it's just so much was wrong with it. Like the fight at the end. The big thing about Superman was there's so much destruction at the end. But they did the same again at this one. And yeah, the only caveat the- they said was, oh, it's in the industrial area. Everyone's gone home now. Yeah. Just, okay, just one line. Or it's a deserted island or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that, and everything was too easy for everyone. Yeah. So Jesse Eisberg getting the ships free. Um, the, the line about, oh, Martha, oh, oh I love you now. Uh, Wonder Woman completely pointless. Um, she was the only reason she was in that film was to introduce her to the next film. She didn't. The only role she played was she held Doomsday down a little bit. Yeah. When they stabbed her. So apart from that, completely pointless. Um, the whole thing with introducing the four people that are going to be in the next film was literally just to introduce them for the next film. That bit yeah. was too long. Didn't need any of that. I. I. I, I I get that, but like yeah. I, I quite like that there was a little nod to a little to nod is fine, but it was too. And introducing Aquaman, they could have just sort of shown his face and then cut away. The Not- one thing I didn't enjoy about that as much was the fact that it's Lex Luthor, who's yeah. pretty much 
he knows all of them. Yeah. And all their identities and... All the and dream sequences, completely pointless. Endless dream sequences. So, you know, when at the beginning, when he starts flying up through the bats and, yeah. he, and then you're like, what is this? And then he goes, in my dreams. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. And then there's one dream sequence that the whole dream sequence where it's like in the future. Yeah. And Superman's got guards. Why would he need guards? But anyway, um, and then they, they, they trick him because they're trying to find kryptonite and stuff yeah. like that. And then Batman wakes up from that dream sequence into another dream sequence. <laughs> It was Christopher Nolan Inception style. I was like, what is going on? And then there's the one where he goes to his parents' grave and then the, the bat comes through and bites yeah. him from behind the... I was just like, oh. It, to me, that's such lazy script writing. There's a lot of lazy script writing in this. There was a lot. A lot. But I think, because you're saying like everything was too easy and it was too quick and it was stuff. I think that's the problem because they tried to crowbar so much story into this. The whole thing with the guy without legs, I didn't... I never got why he was not cashing the checks or why he hated Batman. That yeah, point. it's just, it, it, there was far too much story. And then obviously, the, the I mean, the big spoiler, if you're still listening, what are you doing at this point? Yeah. You haven't seen it. <laughs> but the big spoiler at the end is that Doomsday kills Superman, which is what yeah. happens in, in the comic books from yeah. the death of Superman. But I'm like, for the final 15 minutes of the film to crowbar that in is just... It's a bit unforgivable, to be honest. I'm like, that's a oh, whole movie in itself. And the whole nuclear thing, where he takes Doomsday up in the sky. I was like, okay, we've got nukes, we'll just fire it off quick. I was like, you would never be able to fire off a nuclear no. missile that quick, or no. even know what's going on. And while we're talking about Doomsday as well, the fact that Doomsday is basically Zod incarnate yeah. really hacked me off. I mean, it's just, that's so not close to being canon. Oh, and... Um, I, think it's, I think it's fine when films try and do something that's not in, in, in the canon of the comic books or whatever. So a great example of that was um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. Because in the comic, Spider-Man use, uses web cartridges to fire web. Yeah. But in, in Sam Raimi's film, it comes out of his arm. And I'm like, yeah. actually, that's a good addition because I think that makes much more sense yeah. that he's got all these other physical attributes of being a spider. Why would he need web cartridges? Yeah. So I, I, I just, oh man. And the fact, that, I mean... They race through the Doomsday stuff as well. That's just really quick. I was really back. Oh, he's dead. It's fine. Fine. We'll, yeah. We'll sorted it out. Um, I mean, uh, right. So I, I've, I've got a list here as well of other stuff <laughs> that I need to go through. So we've done dream sequences using guns and stuff like that. But um, I think one of the least forgivable things about the whole thing, and it's kind of hard when you've got something that needs to be marketed to the hilt like this, like Star Wars or mm. the Avengers or anything else. But I'd seen every freaking part of this movie in the trailers and yeah. i said that when we saw the last trailer i was like i feel like i've seen the whole movie yeah. and i have there was literally no part of this apart from the rescue of martha kent yeah and the shot of batman's um mask the iron when he's like iron oh, yeah, yeah. when it's half punched off that's the only two things that i hadn't seen in this film i think it was good the way they managed to get him to fight superman well that that because comes... he, didn't, he didn't really know about the kryptonite in the trailers yeah so that was that was quite clever, and that comes from um, the Dark Knight Returns, yeah, the, the graphic novel. Which they is just brilliant. tried to shove in so much, it was far too much, and it feels at, at that point as well. It feels a bit callous because you just feel all DC are trying to do is hoover through everything to get to the point where it's Justice League. Yeah, so they're trying to forego what has been coming up for ten years now that Marvel have been working on. Yeah. The single movies building up to the Avengers and then the wider universe after that. 
Whereas with this, because we only had Man of Steel, what, three years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. And so they're horsing through it now to get to it. It should have been Man of Steel, brand new Batman film, resetting it all up again. Yeah. Then Superman versus Batman, we could have got rid of stuff. Not had so much introduction of other people as well. Yeah. There were another couple of things that I, I find annoying. Um, I love Lawrence Fishburne as an actor, but his character, Perry White, is atrocious. Yeah, it was terrible. So, like, all he, all he does is walk around the office barking orders. Yeah. And he's like, Clark, you still haven't written the sports report yet. I'm like, well, just chill out, man. Like, it's not. Yeah. And then, at the end as well, when Amy Adams is like, I need a chopper on the roof. He's like, you can't have a chopper. And she's like, it's not for personal reasons. Or it is for personal reasons or whatever she says. And he's like, get her a chopper on the roof. And I'm just, what? Yeah. So, I mean, this is a newspaper, correct? How many newspaper buildings in London do you know that have a, a helicopter on call in case someone needs to go somewhere for a personal issue? Well, we've got one here to get us to premieres. We do, but that's us, JP. <laughs> not, I'm talking about newspaper firms here. None. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, and Metropolis and Gotham City are right next to each other, uh, apparently. That, I mean, that... Mm, I, I get why they did it, but for me, I just it makes the world so small. Yeah. I just... Mm, I mean, yeah... Despite all this, I, st- I still actually really still did like, like the movie. It, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I can see why so many people have such a problem with it. The, the best thing that I've heard, I, I've talked to quite a few friends about this, but the best thing that I've heard summing it up for me was one of my friends from back home who said, it's a great Batman movie. It's a very poor Superman movie. And yes. for me, I think that's probably fair. Oh, Batmobile. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I think the plane was rubbish. Yeah, the plane was fine. Um, but... Batmobile's still not as good as the Tumbler. No. I don't think anyone will ever beat the Tumbler. The Tumbler? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> Does it come in black? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing that, like, no matter how much they kind of bugger up the DC franchise now, I will always have Nolan's Batman films. Yes. Like, still for me, that's the pinnacle of superhero filmmaking. And I, I don't think it will be surpassed. What do you think Batman versus Superman would have been like if it was kept as Nolan's Batman universe? Oh, no. I mean, it's not. It's chalk and cheese. It wouldn't even be close to the same thing. Because he yeah. always had, although there were fantastical elements to Nolan's universe, it was always it always felt very real world. Mm. And there's nothing real world about that. I mean, I think that's maybe where the problem comes because with Batman you can do that, but as soon as you're introducing Superman, he was an alien to start with. Yeah. So I. I think it kind of like breaks the boundaries there. I would, I would have been so interested. I mean, can you imagine if Chris Nolan had done a, a Superman film? It would have been amazing and yep. to see them come together. But I, I, this is the way it's going. And I think, I think the thing is with Batman versus Superman, because Man of Steel set the precedent for how dark it was going to be. Because yes. Man of Steel is not a light film. I mean, it's a very dark film. A lot of destruction, a lot of death, a lot of carnage, which isn't Superman to me. Yeah. Um, I, I was expecting more of the same and it was and then when you when introduced Batman into that who's yeah. darker still you know it's just mm. and something else I really didn't like was the score the score's fine because uh, for the most part because it kind of develops on the Man of Steel soundtrack which is brilliant because it's Hans Zimmer yeah. but the soundtrack for this is Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL yeah. who did a great job in the Deadpool soundtrack and he also did the Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack yeah. but I, I'm glad you brought this up because Wonder Woman's theme song is dreadful. You know the guitars. It was all dreadful because I love Hans Zimmer. So if I'm doing editing or something, I'll stick a 
Hans Zimmer soundtrack on. Yeah. So I thought, right. And I listened to the, when I was watching Batman, I was like, I don't like the music. I'll listen to the soundtrack and see if I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. I listen to the soundtrack. It's just nothing. Yeah. There's no themes. It's like with the Bat, the Dark Knight and Superman, they're good tracks. But yeah. this, and even he said he doesn't want to do superhero movies anymore. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like he'd given up. Yeah. I, I think the thing with the Wonder Woman theme, especially, I felt like maybe this is because it's Junkie XL um, or XL Junkie, whatever his name is. I think it's Junkie XL. Yeah. That's the name of the guy that, that wrote it. But um, it felt like, you know, in Fury Road, there's the gimp guitarist on the front of the machine <laughs> and he's got the electric yeah. guitar. Yeah. That sounded like one of his riffs yeah, yeah. that they were doing for Wonder Woman. I'm just like, it just didn't sit. Like, it doesn't it doesn't come across as, as a Wonder Woman theme. I'm like, no. anything but that. I don't know what it would be, but it's not that. Um, which, yeah, I just thought was really poor. Um, one other thing, just to not to keep keep going on about it, but um, one thing that I did find really interesting off the back of it was watching uh, the Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith <laughs> review of it. Right. Have you seen it? I've, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. It's about an hour long and it's totally worth watching because he went to see it and didn't really dig it the first time he saw it. And then he went to see it a second time and he enjoyed it an awful lot more. Yeah. So it's quite a fair review. And obviously, like, because he's a massive Batman fan yeah. and a Superman fan and all the rest of it. Um, it's just it's quite interesting hearing his viewpoint and what he enjoyed and what he didn't enjoy. And, like, some of the things that I thought were rubbish, like Jeremy Irons and the Wonder Woman theme. Yeah. They're two things that he thinks are brilliant about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's very interesting. So I think if, if you want to hear, like, a good all-round... Um, someone inside the the film business and is, who's a super geek yeah. talking about it. I would totally recommend watching the the Kevin Smith Fat Man on Batman um, review. review. It's it's on YouTube and it's a video and it's yeah it's it's pretty interesting. But yeah, all in though, like <laughs> still, I mean, we've absolutely bashed it yeah. for about twenty minutes, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed it. I, I it was yeah, and and I'll definitely get it. You know when it comes out, yeah. and I'll maybe try and see it again once more at the cinema before I go if I do that and I see it in 2D and my seat isn't shaking with all the punches <laughs> I might have a different opinion on it yeah but um, I, I did I enjoyed it it's weird isn't it yeah there's so many wrong with it but we still enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> such is the power of Batman so that's it for this week's episode of the Movie Digest I've been JQ and I've been Finn Batman says bye bye Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to listen to some more podcasts that I do, go and check out my website, jamesquintin.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or come and see me do some stand up. That would be nice. There should be a gig list on the website as well. Thanks.